All right, so we've, we've been talking about flowing in the gifts and just, just happened to work out this way. We've been talking about, um, you know, ministering with others in the uh, Master Life Discipleship class, too, which talks about the gifts also. So as Ms. Lamar was sharing in his welcome, you know, God starts talking about things. He's giving us advanced information for something, especially as people are trying to locate um, their fulfillment, their, their place, their fit, what God wants them to do as they get closer and closer and things get clear and clear. She, she good. She good. Just let her soak up everything God has for her. I may go over there and knock upside the head later, so she'll be fine. All right, so, uh, so, so we opened up and we talked about, as we were talking about the gifts, I share with you the word uh, charisma. You, you hear charismatic movement, but it's, uh, it's from a Greek word, charismata, and it's spiritual gifts. It's an extraordinary ability that is bestowed upon a human being by the infinite strength and power of the Holy Spirit, an extraordinary ability that is bestowed upon a human being uh, by the infinite strength and power of the Holy Spirit. And if anybody has their phones on it, you can put them on airplane mode. That would greatly help. All right. And so let's look here, Romans chapter 12. Uh, I'm going to do just a little bit of a, re a review. I won't give you all the details from last week, but you can grab it on video at a platform near you. So, uh, Revelation 12, verses 6 to 8. Romans 12. <laughs> I'm thinking Revelation knowledge. But Romans 12. <laughs> it's amazing. Verses 6 to 8. It says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the pro pro proportion of faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. We talked about that earlier, that word ministry is service. Or he that preaches, or he that teacheth on teaching. Or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy uh, with cheerfulness, right? So we have different gifts, uh, different charisma. Um, operating in our lives, being a part <laughs> of the body of Christ, right? And then um, 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12, one book over. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. It says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Right? I will not have you. And so God wants us to have an understanding of gifts. It's not a secret. It's not something he's trying to hide from us. He really wants us to have a full understanding of the gifts and how to operate in them. And we know here, I shared this with you last week, James chapter 1, verse 17, that every good and perfect gift comes from above. Right? Comes from God. Right? And then Jeremiah 1, 11, uh, no, I'm sorry, Jeremiah 1, 5, we talked about this last week also, uh, I'm going to read it out to amplify Jeremiah 1 5. It says, Now the word of the Lord came to me. Now, now we're going to highlight that a lot. So in your Bibles, you can underline it, highlight it however you want, or how do you, however you utilize or place emphasis on things that you want to revisit. But it says, Now the word of the Lord came unto me. So that's going to be important in what we're talking about in terms of operating the gifts. Came unto me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. That word knew or know, it's to be intimate with. I had a, we had an exchange um, that was, um, uh, it may look, it, in, in this time it would seem like a long time, but in the spirit realm it seemed like in a moment. But there was a, there was a, a connection, an intimate connection we had before I put you in the womb. Like, like there's, there's a intelligence and specifications based on that connection to make sure when I put you in this earth realm, you were given a particular assignment that was conducive to all the gifts and, the, and things that I put in you, right? So he says, before I, formed you, uh, formed you, before I formed you in the womb, way before you even got inside the womb, I knew you and approved you as my chosen instrument. 
It says, and before you were born, I consecrated you or set you apart to myself as my own. So I set you apart to be used by me for a particular reason. It says, I've appointed you as a prophet to the nations. A prophet to the nations. The word nations is people, right? Prophet, meaning again, see the word came unto me saying, So as a prophet, as the word comes unto me saying, I'm going to express what God says, and you won't hear me, you'll hear God, right? And so the prophets and seers in in, in the times of old, uh, synonymous words, they reveal to man the perfect will of God, the perfect will of God. See, what was being communicated to Jeremiah was, hey, there was, you weren't made by happenstance. I didn't forget nothing. I didn't forgot to add something, whether it was your eyes, nose, your mouth, your insight, your brain, your intellect, your wisdom, your gifting. I didn't forget a a thing. And and, and it was all taking place before you got in the the world of corruption, the world of denial, the world of second guessing, the world of fear, the world of confusion, the world of darkness, the world of intoxication. Before you got here, in purity, in clarity, in soberness, I designed you for something. Right? And so, uh, again, God set prophets and seers in, in times of old to uh, uh, stir up, ignite, remind, or trigger what's already in us. Right? And so, again, to reveal uh, to man the perfect will of God. So, yes, all things are lawful, not expedient. I mean, you can do anything you want, but everything is not lined up with the perfect will of God for our lives. So, that's why we're renewing our mind. That's why when we first come into this world, God understands, Romans 12, God understands that, you know, we're born in this world uh, of sin and iniquity, uh, uh, lying, you know, living a lie. You know, we talked about that the other day, right? And iniquity is you, you can live outside of your design, easy in this world. And so he knew that, so he, he, he gave us this wonderful uh, uh, trigger mechanism or instruction manual that the more we uh, look into it, we're changed into his image that he foreknew before the founders of the world. Second Corinthians uh, 3.18. It's a little audible, so you have to look for that. All right. And so, so, so he, uh, he, he, he knows when you look through this, you start to uh, uh, interest of the word bring of light gives understanding to the simple. Well, what is it giving you light to? The perfect will of God. What understanding is it giving to you? The perfect will of God. And so, so he says, but what I need you to do, because there's instructions all through here. I need you to renew your mind. See, because you're going to be clouded, you know, looking through a glass darkly at first. Um, you're going to see in part at first. So first thing I need you to do is be diligent about renewing your mind. Romans 12 verse 2 here. It says, uh, it says, and be not conformed to this world, to the sin and inequity, right? It says, but be ye what? Transformed, so evolve by the renewing of your mind. Look, look, look. Why? That you may prove what is the good and acceptable, look at this, and perfect will of God. And what I represent and what I live out and what truth, which means final reality that I operate in, I actually prove the perfect will of God when I'm in line with the perfect will of God's design. Anything outside of that, I disprove, right? Or I confuse the perfect will of God. See, so so we talked about this last week, how the Holy Spirit is, is revealing to us when you take on that, the, uh, the, the, uh, at new birth, the indwelling of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is revealing to us the, the hindsight training and intel we received before we was in our mother's womb. You know, you'll find yourself in, when you're in the right environment of God's presence and around God's people, uh, things get stirred up. You start to get flickers of sight. You start to see things. You know, you've seen this throughout your life in certain situations like, now what, why did that happen? Why did I say that? Why am I pulled to do that? Why do I have a thirst for that? But some of the things you're pulled to do, certain things that are trigger for you to do, certain things you're led to do, 
gets uh, interrupted or, or sidetracked or, or how can I put it, or um, uh, rolled over by the conformity of the world. So, because it's, uh, we're looking for the world's approval, not God's approval, right? You know, again, we, see, see, again, there's, there's, there, there's going to be confirmation, um, but you, a lot of times we're looking for the world to justify us. Like, you know, we always talk about this when you're driving and you see everybody in that long line for the exit. But if you guys just got in the other aisle, you probably can go up and get off. But since everybody's here, you're tempted to go where everybody's going. Well, if you go in the line where everybody's at, it's going to take you longer to get where you got to go, right? But if, you, if you're led by the Spirit, you're probably going to get where you have to go a lot faster, even in life, right? So, 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 and again, in talking about these gifts, we were reminded last week that the gifts weren't intended for the chosen only. They were intended for all of God's children. We talked about that a little bit in uh, the Master Life class this morning. But let's go here, 1 Corinthians 12. You know, we're going to navigate back and forth through 1 Corinthians 12 and some other scriptures while we're talking about this. Uh, yeah, Ms. Lamar said something that there's some things that will be imparted. Uh, there's some things that will be downloaded. Um, and if you open your spirits up, you're going to get some, some, some answers that you're not going to be able to shake in walking out of this room. When you're sitting down, when you walk by the way, when you're dreaming, when you're at your job, when you're reflecting, when you're in your lazy, in your slowfulness, you won't be able to sit still because now once, once that inner man is, in, is enlightened, you can't get around it. You can't shake it. You may do something that's comfortable, but, but it'll now have weight where you used to could do it and get away with it. Uh, there's things that you may do something and compromise, but it now will be overwhelming, overwhelming conviction and condemnation because now your gifting and calling is yelling, right? All right, so 1 Corinthians 12, uh, we'll, we'll hit verse 17. It says, it was verse 7, I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. It says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to who? Every man, Every man to profit with them. So the manifestation of the Spirit, which is where the, the gifts are shining, is given to every man. So, you know, that's for somebody else. No, that's not. It's for you too. Drop down here to verse 11. It says, but all these, and, and it had just, uh, for verse 8 to 10, it breaks down the gifts, the, uh, the gifts of prophecy, the gifts of uh, um, the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, the gift of faith, the gift of working of miracles, right? Uh, 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 gift of healing has a word, uh, I said, uh, 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 prophecy, discerning, uh, uh, speaking in tongues and interpreting tongues, right? Or discerning the spirits, I'm sorry. Um, and it talks about interpretation too. Right, so it talks about all those, and then verse 11, it says, but all these worketh that one and self-same spirit. So all these are manifest, manif manifestations from the same root. Dividing, to look, to who? Every man severally as he will. He didn't say some. It says every man. Now, again, he's talking to the body of Christ, okay? Right? So, so, so the goal is for everybody to operate in gifts, just like we talked about earlier, Earlier in the Master Life Discipleship class, everybody that's a believer is, has, is called to ministry. Ministry, where ministry is service. So sometimes when we think we have this unction for ministry, we, we're confusing it with, with equipping. See, the five-fold ministry is for equipping, the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. So, so we all are supposed to be operating in ministry, but everybody's... See, Many are called to operate in ministry and serving in the kingdom. Few are chosen to equip those for that service, right? Everybody's not called to equip, right? And you can, you can, you can figure that, that, that out by um, some of our selfishness and not really want to be bothered or do anything that's outside of our convenience. <laughs> you know, you don't want to equip nobody. <laughs> you don't even want to prepare to equip, right? So it's not a bad thing. Everybody's not designed for that equipping. Right? Does that make sense so far? Right. So, so, so the gifts are 
the manifestation of the Spirit. It's the manifestation of the Spirit, right? That's what the gifts are. And so we talked about this last week, how Adam and Eve began with them, right? And, you know, where, you know, is 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 the reason why Adam was talking about the animals and he spoke exactly what they were. Like we go, wow, that's amazing. Now he spoke that and that elephant looks like it should be an elephant. A lion looks like it should be a lion. Well, he was operating on a level of discernment, right? To be able to discern like a knowing, like you can walk up to somebody right now and you're just like, you know, you're a singer, ain't you? You know, I, I how do you know the person running from singing? How do you know? How do you know? <laughs> right? Because there's a discernment that the person's operating, or people will walk up to you. Are you a minister? Actually, that's the first words that came out of my wife's mouth the first time we met. She says, Are you a minister? I said, I got a basketball tryout next week. <laughs> it was true. Like, I was trying out, uh, I had this pro tryout the next week, and I was like, No, nah, I had a basketball tryout. Like, that was my response. First words is, Are you a minister? <laughs> You know, people used to say that all the time. I was like, just because I carry around the Bible, that don't mean I'm a minister. And we all supposed to carry around the Bible, you know. <laughs> well, I know y'all carrying around your phones now, but I was carrying around my Bible, right? So, but what was it, where did that come from? It was a discernment in her. She picked up something soon as we encountered each other, right? I picked up something that day too, as my wife. <laughs> Boy, that was some good discernment, wasn't it? <laughs> Woo! What'd you say? I just said, I discern right, you know. It's 28 years later, boy. God bless me. All right, so anyway. <laughs> and so, so what happened was Adam and Eve did what a lot of times we, we did. We, they got caught up with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Right? Remember, she saw the tree, saw that it was good for food. It was pleasant to the eyes. It can make one wise. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life, right? And so she went, she went blind to, to her ability to discern. So all they could see, what happened after that, they, they thrust us, as we talked about this last week, into the scene realm. See, before that, we were navigating heaven on earth. Remember, in Genesis 1, 1, the beginning, God created heaven and earth. We was operating heaven and earth at the same time. That was normal. Now to, to, to pierce the darkness into the heaven realm, the unseen realm, was almost like, ooh, spooky. But it was normal until Adam and Eve ate of that tree. And they, you, we lost the ability to discern what's happening in the unseen realm. And so we make a lot of decisions for what we can see. You know what I'm saying? Which is, causes some of our doubt, our frustration, our compromise. Because if you don't think nothing coming, you're going to take what's in front of your face, right? Right? That's why a lot of times people compromise because they can't see beyond what's in front of their face. Take the first bride to come to them. First relationship to come to them. Because they don't see the other relationship is sitting there going, well, God, I'm just waiting on them. You know, you, you can't see. It's a big video. And this person sitting you know, I was sitting there waiting on her like, so, so God, you said as soon as she make this move and remove herself from this situation, she's re- Man, she done went and got into another situation. Man, man, could you talk to her? Send some angels, something, man. I'm over here waiting. You know what I'm saying? But she couldn't see that in the spirit realm. So she was, you know, I was about to call them names. That wouldn't have been nice, right? They might be watching. People that she wasn't necessarily supposed to be with because she was designed to be with me. How's that? Right, well, that was healthy, right? And so, so, so we, we we'll take a uh, we'll take a bride. <laughs> we'll take a <laughs> come on, man, stop. All right, so we'll take a bride quick because we can't discern the spiritual blessings of heavenly places, right? Ephesians what one three, right? So the same realm is limited to what we can naturally see, ask, or think, right? And the unseen realm is our, that's our true home. That's our place of power. That's where we are sons and daughters of God endowed with God's gifts, right? We recognize that. We're, we're familiar with that. But, the, but your gifts could be yelling at you. But the seen realm will go, come on, man, that's spooky. <laughs> you know, but you, you know, because you can't control the gifts, so it's kind of hard to just flow. We just want things we can control 
and, and with our intellect, we can control with our mind, we can control with our eyes, and Lord knows some of us try to control everything with our hands, right? Is that right? So the unseen realm, we said, is our true home. So we must maximize uh, this dispensation we're in uh, where God is pouring out his spirit on all flesh. So he's pouring out his spirit, and once God pours out his spirit, automatically what's, what's on the inside of you, the gifts just start to shake and jump, you know, because that spirit, just like uh, you were talking about it earlier, you know, uh, when prayers go forth, I heard y'all up here, you know, my office is right down there. Like, you know, the, 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 yeah, yeah, you know, the, 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 in, they were interceding in the spirit. And what happens in that atmosphere, you walk in that atmosphere and, and you may get chills. You may feel a cool sensation over you or a warming sensation over you. What's happening is your gifts are starting to stir up. You know, we, we, we try to look for something naturally, so we call it butterflies. Really, I ain't seen no butterflies flying around the room. Well, we just, so we're trying to look for a natural under, way of understanding something that's supernatural, right? And then we run from that. That's why some of us don't fit in this world. You know, we never did. And then so now what we'll do is we'll change our natural use, as it says in Romans 1, into doing things that are unseemly because we don't know where our fit is, so we convert ourselves based on what we see in the natural. But if we could see in the spirit realm, we would see our fit. We would see our gifts, and we would see how to operate in, this, in, in, in heaven on earth, right? So that's where the struggle is, right? That's Acts chapter 2, 17, that spirit's being poured on us. So when the spirit of God is poured on us, we experience the infilling. Now, again, we've talked about this in the in uh, the Holy Spirit in his gifts class or mysteries of the Spirit, right? We've talked about this where you have the infilling, no, you have the indwelling. When, that's that new birth. When you accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit talks about it in Titus and Timothy, comes in and regenerates, make, remakes alive your spirit, awakens it because the wages of sin is death, right? So when you sin, you may not see yourself physically dead, but your spirit is, is dying. And eventually your body going to catch up with it, right? And so the Holy Spirit comes in and quickens, the word quicken, makes alive the, your spirit. He indwells you. But we don't just want the spirit just dwelling there, right? Scripture says you need to, it's like a well of water. You got to draw it out, right, in John chapter 4. But it says the goal is to have a river flowing out, John chapter 7, uh, I believe it's 37 through 39, right? You want it flowing out of you. Right? And then that, so that's the infilling. You're already indwelled, and from the inside, you get filled up to overflowing, and you'll see speak, people speak in an unknown tongue. Right? Now, now uh, over the years, as I was coming through, I would hear people say, well, you know, he's speaking in an unknown tongue. Well, that's the devil, but I, I lived in clubs five days a week in Jersey, and nobody was speaking in tongues. I was around a whole lot of people that weren't living for God when nobody's speaking in, in, in tongues at all. Right. But, but see, it's in heavenly language. Oh, it's spooky, it's spooky. So when your kids are born, you call them spooky? Because they're speaking in an unknown language. If you research a child being born, they'll tell you that a child will go through a period where they'll start speaking out sounds and then they'll be putting together babbling sentences because they're learning English. They're used to speaking another language. You've seen two kids sit and be talking to each other. You're like, I wonder what they're talking about. And you know it's, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's a comprehensive sound. It's just not comprehensive to us. But they understand each other because they just came from the heaven realm. Right? And, and, and so when they learn English, what do they do? They start out, dad, 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 dad. But we don't, we don't go, we don't, that's spooky. They're just saying, dad, 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 dad. They're just talking about this is saying the same syllable or the same noun or proverb. Uh, I said proverb, but it's not down. Noun or what's the other one? Verb. verb. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's Bible, you know, proverb, <laughs> verb. You know, yeah. <laughs> All right, anyway. <laughs> I knew it was something. It was close. All right, so. But when they start speaking, it's da 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 da. Then they start to babble, mm -hmm. 
because they're learning English. Well, it's the same thing when you're in field, you start to babble. But after a while, you can listen to somebody praying in an unknown tongue. Now, when you have the gift of tongues, well, there should be an interpretation. We're talking about the unknown tongues, which the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 14, 2, that's you talking to God. But it says prophecy or the gift of tongues, there should be somebody interpreting, because otherwise, if I did the whole sermon in tongues, y'all think, think I'm crazy. It would sound foolishness, right? But that's after the infill, and that's only the evidence that you're now not just indwelled, you're in field. And when you're in field and start, things start pouring out, the gifts start to operate. And when the gifts start operating, you'll pick up stuff, words of knowledge, what's going on in somebody's present life or what's happened in their past, like before they walk through the door. Words of wisdom, what's, gonna, what's about to happen next week or next year in their life, right? Or prophecy, God will use your vessel to speak his words through to somebody, right? Or the gift of tongues where you're speaking, as hey, guy was in the service and then the gift fell on him and he started speaking out to the congregation. He wasn't speaking to God in an unknown tongue. He was speaking in the gifts. Well, the interpreter was somebody from the country of the language he was speaking. It's like, how is this guy speaking in Portuguese? He's not from my country. The guy didn't know what language he was speaking. He was just releasing what was yielding in him. All right, so that's, that's tongues and interpretation. The gift of faith. Now, we operate in everyday faith, but the gift of faith is a little bit different. So that's, the, that's needed at the time. This person could fall out right there on the floor. Well, well that's a whole other type of faith because that person done fell out. So the gift starts to operate because it's needed at the time. Or the working of miracles and so on and so forth. So that's the infilling. And, and so when that pouring out, that outpouring comes on it, it stirs up with the gifts. We experience the infilling of God. And along with it, the gifts just flow automatically. I got that from Lester Summerall. That's not my own. But when, when that infilling starts, the gifts just start to flow. And, and again, there's something about when you're releasing what's in you. You know, that's why we have an empowering church. You have all these gifts, people with, with, with all types of denying gifts, but preaching gifts, teaching gifts, ministry gifts, helps gifts, uh, creative gifts, singing gifts, dancing gifts, whatever. Well, you got to be in an environment where you can use the gifts because you'll feel constipated. The tough part is people cheat themselves because they don't know the gifts are for God's service. They think it's about their shine. So then now God got to back off a little bit because you can't handle what's coming out of you. So if God uses you in the moment to heal somebody, that's God. You just keep giving glory to God. That's not, yeah, hey, what you need healing to? No, it's not for you to use on your demand. It's on God's leading, right? That's what's happening. It's just like anything else. If you was playing for a team and you got arrogant as soon as they put you in the game because you score 40, on my team, you're going to sit on the bench until you understand that was about the team. It wasn't about you. Can you see somebody else on your team score 50 next week? Or do you think, well, hold on, hold on I'm the 40-point scorer. You ain't supposed to shoot at all. I'm not talking about basketball. I'm talking about how to operate in the family of gifts, right? We're all different members not having the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, Right? Members differing one from another in operating in gifts that God uses to express revelation knowledge of his, the perfect will of God. So when we get caught up in ourselves, ourselves may not be the perfect will. So we want to we stay yielded because we're supposed to harmonize together. That was my challenge when I got to school when I got to school, I, was, uh, I, I scored the highest score in SAT and math. And so when I got to school, they put me, automatically put me in calculus. So I'm in a class and I kept everything in my head. That was my flow, you know, like, you know, I just, and I could look at the problem and tell you the answer. And so I got away with that in high school because, you know, I'm in, I'm, well, I'll say it this way. I'm, so I grew up in the, in the inner city. <laughs> so I'm in class, I'm in advanced math. You know, vast math one, two, three, and four, right? So I teach answer the question. Wasn't nobody trying to answer no questions. So me put my hand up and be like, man, see, I got a kid at least ain't making this day boring. Somebody paying attention. Well, I don't know if I was really paying attention that much. I just like answer, solving problems. 
Now, God was preparing me for ministry, right? I just like, I see something, oh, oh, it's this, oh, oh, it's this, oh. And I was so in, intrigued by the, oh, 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 I see it. I, I see something, right? And so I get to, I get to a college. I took calculus. And the professor comes to me and says, okay, Keith, uh, where's your work? I said, well, this is the answer. He says, well, where's your work? I said, is this the answer? He says, Keith, I need to see your work. Is it the answer, man? See, see, I wasn't really asking. I knew it was the answer. I knew I had answered it correctly. But he was like, Keith, I need to see the work. I didn't get it. He was saying, as much as you have the answer, if you can't show how you got to it, no one else can connect to what you're doing. So if I send you to NASA right now and you build, you build a, the engine for the spaceship, if you don't, can't show us how you built it, then none of the other parts of the spaceship is going to be able to connect because they, they won't be able to see where to connect. So as much as you're so excited that you discovered an answer, if you can't show the rest of us how to get there, we can't use our gifts either. Same thing in the body of Christ. Same thing about, see, it's not about us. It's about everybody. Right? So that's what our holdup is a lot of times. All right, so let's go to Ephesians 3. Now that I've got everybody in here, had to pull you in first, you know what I'm saying, before we got to the meet. You know, so, you know, sometimes people just woke up and, you know, they just got a call from Aunt Susie or or, you know, the sisters begging for money called, and you're like, don't you know I'm going to church? No, they don't know you go to church. They ain't thinking about church on Sunday. <laughs> they don't go to church. They thinking about, hey, this is a good window. Maybe I can get them in a good mood. They're usually a nice mood on Sunday. Can I get a couple of dollars? Right, so I had to get you. I had to pull you out of that. Hopefully, I didn't take you back to it, you know. <laughs> you know. All right, so Ephesians 3. Love this, this, this whole passage. This is one of the prayers I pray for, for our family. That's all of us. That's us in here too. It says, for this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what I do when I get on my knees, Paul is saying. Of whom, look, look, the whole family in heaven and earth is named. See, this is somebody that's mindful of the whole host of heaven and earth, Genesis 2.1. Right? That there, there, there's a... There's angels in support of what we're doing in the earth realm, and this is somebody that sees, I need to intercede for them too, right? Not just for what you see in the natural, right? Of who the whole family of heaven and earth is named, that, that he would grant you according to his riches of his glory. Look, look, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, right? From the inside out. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love, because the gifts don't operate without love, right? Amen. Right? We talked about that earlier, 1 Corinthians 13. If you have the gifts and no love, it's your clinging symbol. You sound good, but you're not moving and empowering and, and removing burdens and yokes from anybody's life, right? It says that you may be able to comprehend with all saints what, look, look, look that you may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. The whole picture, the whole picture, because sometimes we're just looking at the signature. And to know the love of God, which passes knowledge, right, beyond intellect, that you might be, look, filled with all the fullness of God. See, that's that infilling to overflowing. It says, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. See, because once I embrace this and I understand the height, depth, the length, and the width, I understand the perfect will of God. That whole picture is the perfect will of God. So sometimes I'm doing things that are successful, still not the perfect will of God. Sometimes I'm doing things that, that are uh, noble, they're still not the perfect will of God. Sometimes I'm doing things that are benevolent, still not the perfect will of God. Sometimes I'm doing things that are merciful, still not the perfect will of God. We read it earlier in a Master Life. Hey, hey, you could, uh, you could be given to the poor, right? You could, you could uh, prophesy. You can operate in all types of gifts. But, but if you have not love, you ain't doing nothing. See, the perfect will of God is, is using your gift for what he designed it for, and that's to impact the kingdom, right? Amen. 
So, 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 so Christ shows up um, in God's perfect plan to uh, die for us, and the Scripture calls him the door. He, he calls himself the door. You know, I'm the door, right? I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. I'm the way, the path to travel. I'm the truth. The word truth means final reality, right? Perfect will of God, right? Right? I'm the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. But, but I, I taught on this. I taught a message years ago back in Ohio called uh, uh, The Nick of Time. And so God was, uh, gave me this, uh, revealed to me that there's a niche in time. There's a, a nick. So that's why the Bible says narrows the way because in that, that nick, in that moment, that's where everything is galvanized and everything's supposed to happen. And so you can't get outside of the lines. You have to stay in that niche, right, in that nick of time. Well, that, that nick could be called a door. So if Christ is the door, he's in between heaven and earth, right? So, so with him, there's heaven and earth existing. So you can, you can pass from earth into the, to the heaven realm, right? So if you remove Christ, there's no door. All you could do is navigate in the earth realm, right? So he is the door, right? And so he died to recounsel us back to these gifts, back to uh, operating where we can express God's perfect will through revelation knowledge, right? And, but, but this is, the, the, the scripture says this, he showed up. So, so in other words, you know, you ever see the, uh, I'm a movie guy, time travel movies. So they're looking for a portal, right? <laughs> right? Y'all trying to act like y'all don't be watching, like, other movies, you know. <laughs> Stop, man. Come on, work with me. Y'all watch, watch this stuff, right? All right, so, 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 so you're looking for a portal, like, and then there's a window, like, we got to get to the portal before it closes, you know, so we can travel through time. And so, so the, the reality here is Christ is that portal. And so, so he was like, Adam and Eve closed the portal. They closed the window to heaven, right? Well, all you can operate is in the earth realm. Christ came up, to, his way of reconciling us back to heaven and earth was, I'm going to be the door. So if you come through me, you can, you can operate in heaven on earth again. You can, you can pray for it to be on earth as it is in heaven because you can see what's in the heaven realm, right? You, you, you won't get frustrated when, you, when, when your knees aren't met because you'll see all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, right? Ephesians uh, 1.3, right? You can see it. Well, well, see, you're going to make the exchange through me. That's why anything you ask in my name, <laughs> he hears you. See, because now when you're asking in my name, but you're almost going through the portal and you're connecting directly to God, and then God can manifest what you desire, Amen. right? So you're going through the door every time. That's, that's the thing. Well, when you excuse the door, you know, like a lot, Jesus, what's the importance of Jesus? Okay, well, there's no door. All you got is what you see in this earth realm. And it's going to pressure you to a point of compromise. It's going to pressure you to the point where you lose sight of who you are. Because you can't see in the reflection of God who you, were, who you really are and who you're supposed to be designed to be. Does that make sense? Amen. Right, so, so, but this is the interesting thing. Jesus is showing up to show you what you can't see, to show you the gifts, right? And, and the Bible says he came into his own and they received him not. He's showing up and they rejected him. They, re they rejected the very thing that's supposed to give them access to fulfillment. The very thing that's supposed to show them the gifts they're supposed to operate in. It says he showed up and, and they received him not. He came into his own and they received him not, Right? As, but the scripture says, as many as received him, gave he power to become sons of God, to flow in the gifts, right? As many as received him, gave he power to become sons of God. That's the John 1, 12, right? To flow in the gifts. 1 Corinthians 7, 7. 1 Corinthians 7, 7. It's just a little piece of the amplified version of that. It says, I wish that all the people were as I am, but each person has his own gift from God, one of this kind and one of that. See, everybody has their own gift of God. All right, 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11, we used this verse in uh, Master Life earlier. This is amazing how the 
two teachings line up with each other. Um, this is probably, knowing me, it's probably the amplifier since I have it broken down here on the tablet. It says, just as each one of you has received a special gift, a spiritual talent, an ability graciously given by God, employ it in serving one another. See, the purpose of the gift is to be used for the kingdom. As is appropriate for good stewards of the man of the of God's multifaceted grace. So we're good stewards of the grace that afforded us to have the gifts. Faithfully using the diverse, varied gifts and abilities granted to Christians by God's unmerited favor. It says, whoever speaks to the congregation is to do so as one who speaks the oracles, utterances, the very words, the perfect will of God. I added that, right? So remember, it says, the word came unto me saying, when, we, when Jeremiah was talking, Jeremiah's called what? A prophet, right? <laughs> the words, I mean, go through the Bible and see how many times you hear, and the, and, and the Lord said, and the word came unto me said. Not to mention all the times God said, God said, God said in Genesis. Actually, in the book of Genesis, you probably see God said like this like 417 times. Right? So, so it's, God is still communicating. See, my word will go out and not won't return to me void, but it will accomplish the thing where, wherein I sent it. Well, his word is going out and it's continue to go out through the vessels that are yielding to continue to express it. Right? To express what? The perfect will of God. How? Through the flowing of the gifts, right? Uh, oracles to God. Uh, whoever serves the congregation. So, so that says if you speak, you should be speaking as oracles or utterances coming directly from God. But if you're serving the congregation, it says whosoever serves the congregation is to do it so as one who serves by the strength which God abundantly supplies. So I'm serving in the strength of God. Now, how do I know the difference? If I'm weary and well-doing, I'm serving in my strength. If I'm frustrated, if I can't do it no more, if they're getting on my nerves, I'm doing that. But if I'm serving in the strength of God, how am I tired? See, the scripture says apart from him, we can do nothing, right? Right? Uh, it says, so that in all things God may be glorified, honored, and magnified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory, dominion forever. Amen. All right, so, so, so the interesting thing is, so now we're in this life and we're navigating through this life trying to figure out what the gift is and we come into the kingdom and sometimes we come through the right hand of fellowship. You know, now that's not necessarily script, uh, specifically scripture, but, but that's not. The scripture says you confess your, uh, you confess, confess your sins, God is faithful to forgive you of the sin, cleanse you of the unrighteousness, um, 1 John 1, 9. But actually it says if, if, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe God raised from the dead, you shall be saved, right? Right, so it talks about believing something in the inner man, confessing it. Once again, you're using this, this God-gifted word. Next week, we're going to talk about how we're speaking spirits, right? And that, that, that's, that's how we were designed from the beginning. See, God was already a speaking spirit. He made us in his image, and after his likeness, he made us into speaking spirits. That's why you're snared by the words of your mouth, life and death is in the power of the tongue. You can have what you say, right? So we're supposed to, so God set the system up where all we have to do is, is once something connects to our heart and is revelation knowledge of the perfect will of God for me to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I speak it by faith that I believe in my heart, I shall be saved, right? Because now my words are not regular words now. You see what I'm saying? Once I've attached my belief to what God is saying, my words are, 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 are life-giving words. They're quickening words. You know, the Bible says the words that I give you, their spirit and their life in John 6, 63. You see what I'm saying? So, so again, I'm trying to put together a case here to set us up for next week. But, but, but this is this thing. So, 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 so what, what God did was what Jesus did, he came. He says, let me show him how to operate like this. Let me show him how to operate. He says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld him, the only, the only begotten of the Father. And so what he did was he became man so he could show us how to draw on the spirit. So he kept, Jesus didn't do nothing. He says, I'm not here to do my will, but what? The will of the Father. So to do the will of the Father, I had to draw on the Spirit. So he was showing us how to operate. Perfect will of God. Every time he opened his, every time he opened his mouth, it was like, no, I'm just here to do the perfect will of God. Hey, Jesus, man, we can make you 
Hosanna, Hosanna, we make you king. Ah, it's not the perfect will of God. Man, Jesus, they about to kill you, man. Ah, the Lord let this cup pass me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your perfect will. I'm going to go through it anyway. Right? Amen. Right, so, so, so if you walk through Jesus' life, he just kept, every time they focus on him, focus on the Father. So he was showing us how to operate in the gifts. As long as you're in God's perfect will, the gifts are automatically going to get stirred up and operate. If you're outside of God's will, why would God endorse something that's not his perfect will? He doesn't need to. It's not even a punishment. He's going, I guess you figure you're going to do that on your own, right? He's not, like we take it as he's punishing us. He's not punishing us. He's allowing us to, ch to choose either his perfect will or not. I said before you, life and death, blessings and curses. He told us to choose life. Our life is in the perfect will of God before we was in our mother's womb, what he designed us to do. Some of our compromises and, and the things that we're doing, God didn't tell us to do that. When I say compromise, everybody ain't out here trying to kill nobody. They're just not doing God's will for their life. You see what I'm saying? They could be doing something positive. Listen, I fed like 1,700 people last week. Is that God's perfect will for your life? That's going to give you props in this world. Listen, <coughs> ranked crazy atheists. Atheists? Is that is atheists? I don't know what's going on with me today. I, it didn't even sound right. You know, I was like, it's, it's got to be something else besides that word, right? Ephesians. You said Ephesians. <laughs> so, so, uh, all right, y'all need to stop now. Uh, that's enough, right? So anyway, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> thank you, sweetheart. Yeah, but, uh, so what was I saying? Oh, I said rank atheists. If, you know, somebody feed the hungry and stuff like that, people, they do stuff like that. Because it's, it's a lot of people do, like people that are living wild, they do stuff for penance. Yeah. They still operate on penance. Mm -hmm. So they go, I did some dirt, but hey, you know, I, I just built that, uh, that, that, that hospital over there. So it's not about the, your wonderful deed to someone that be looking for somebody less than you so you can, you can feel better about yourself. It's about doing the perfect will of God. Right? Amen? Hallelujah! What did you say? Uh, rejoice? What is it? Jump up, spin around, whatever. Rejoice, right? Perfect will of God. Hey, I know what's going to happen on all y'all social media pages. You're just going to be like posting. Man, people, people ain't doing the perfect will of God. It's going to be, you know, just like, you know, all these little protests that we've had. You know, we're going to favor God's righteous cause, right? It'd be like, you're going to be indignant. Man, you're doing the perfect will of God. See, that's, my, that's the problem with the world. Ain't nobody doing the perfect will of God. Are we doing that? I saw, is that all that's going to be on social media page? Or is it going to be a debate on what player is the best player, the greatest of all times? Or, or what color skin are you in support of? Or what is your political affiliation? Is, that gonna, is the perfect will of God going to override that? Ms. Lamar said it better. So God set us up here. Um, Jesus came to show us how to live this life. I was saying that earlier. I got caught up in that. And, but Jesus left. He said, but I'm not going to leave you comforted. I'm going to leave you a comforter. I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit. And he'll what? Show you things to come. Amen. He's going to give you advanced information, right? As a, uh, it says, how be it, uh, uh, John 16, 13, I believe. It could, it could be 16, 7, but. Got the Bible right here. Why don't you just look, brother? I said, John, John 16. John 16, um, 13. It says, Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Remember, I told you the word truth means final reality, perfect will of God. He'll guide you into the perfect will of God. For he, look, look, and this is how you know it, right after the colon. For he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that he shall speak, and he will show you things to come. So the Holy Spirit, similar to Jesus, is not just speaking of what's important to him. He's speaking what's important to you. <laughs> what's God's perfect will? Because that's the only thing God's going to be talking about. What we intimately agreed upon before I birthed you in this earth realm is what my conversation is about. 
You ever talk to somebody and you agree to something and the next time you talk to them, they talk about something that got nothing to do with the topic. And you waiting for them to like talk about the money they owe you or something, you know. Because that was the last conversation. I'll get that to you on Friday. So you see them on Sunday, right? And you, you figure you hear, hey, man, I know I said I was going to get you on Friday, but know what happened? They start talking to you about something, you know, hey, man, that was a good game last night, wasn't it, James? That game was awesome, man. And, and the whole time you talking to them, but you, you're like, we're going to get back to the part about the money you said you was going to give me on Friday that I was waiting on. Right? Well, it's the same thing. When we go to God, we're going to God holding these conversations. Man, you know, I don't understand why they didn't give me this job. And God's like, what about what we agreed on? What about my perfect will? Why do we keep talking about this ain't got nothing to do with my will? Right? Then why are you frustrated when you're not investing in finding out my perfect will? You know, you'll spend like, like a, a day with me. I appreciate that day. And then about a week later, you'll be like, man, I don't understand, man. I, hey, somebody just tell me what God's will is. How much time are we invested in this? Okay, all right, so that's, that's going over real well, babe. <laughs> so, so this is the thing. The Holy Spirit will return us to prophetically hearing the perfect will of God. Not as an exception, but as the norm. Like we'll start to pick back up what God's perfect will is. Now, along with that perfect will, we'll start to pick up a peace with it. And we always talk about when people are making decisions, follow the peace. And the thing is, you got to be able to stay locked into that peace because when you're going through different challenges, like that peace, like God telling me, I heard from God, I really did hear from God, that that was my wife. I was actually in church at the time. And I was like, well, who's that? He said, well, that's your wife. So now, once he said that's my wife, I had a peace. So she got back with the boyfriend the next day. Y'all know the story. Um, <laughs> she wasn't hearing from God, obviously. <laughs> so, but, but the interesting thing is, it didn't make me a difference. God, God said that was my wife, not Keith, not like that. And I knew that, I knew that, I knew that was God. So I, so I didn't advise her. I didn't say nothing. I didn't, she'll tell you, I didn't try to compete with the guy, nothing like that. I just thought it was kind of weird, some situation she was doing. I won't get into that. Y'all have heard the story. But, but when, God told, when God told me, when God told us Charlotte was where we were supposed to be, at the time when God told us, everything was phenomenally favorable where we were at at the church at the church we was at, because we, we was there for 18 years, and I, I had worked there for 12, she had worked there for four. So I had, I had all access to uh, different campuses, uh, the basketball community, the ministry community. I, I mean, I, I'm chilling. When God told me, after God told us, things changed. So what kept us locked in? God said it, and a peace was there. So regardless of the circumstances, we did what God told us. You don't second guess when you get something prophetically from God, right? See, so that's why we have to be filled with his fullness, because we feel with his fullness is pouring out God's perfect will on our lives. So 1 Corinthians 12, uh, we're about to uh, wind down here. I'm just really preparing you for next week. Uh, but 1 Corinthians 12, 27 through 31, I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. It says, now you collectively are Christ's, Christ's body, and individually you are members of it, each with his, look, own special purpose and function. It says, so God has appointed and placed in the church for his own use, look, first apostles. Now, apostles, it says first apostles chosen by Christ, but apostles are pioneers of faith. You know, we started this church as me and my wife, um, of course, by God's leading, but it was just us. No members, well, $1,625, I was about to say no money, but relatively speaking, there's probably no money to start a church. Um, but it was, it was, it was, he, and it's a pioneer planted church. It's not a planted church where you show up with a team, right? And so, so first apostles, the first apostles were pioneers. Not, they had no reference. We didn't have no reference for what we were doing. Right? And then um, 
Second prophets, those who foretell the future, those who speak a new message from God to the people. Basically, those who reveal the perfect will of God. Right? So after the apostles are moving, God will use the prophets to keep things rolling. Right? Third teachers, they're breaking down the understanding of what came from God from the prophets once the pioneers set the platform for, for things to be built. See, the, the pioneers, the, the apostles are setting a platform and a, that stimulates the gifts of the prophets to hear from God. Like when they were making moves, the kings would talk to the prophets and the prophets were like, well, God's saying this. Well, God's saying, you probably don't want to go that way, right? But if they weren't moving in what God told them to do, they wouldn't consult with the prophets at all. You see what I'm saying? And then the teachers are breaking it down because sometimes when things come from God, it's so powerful. The understanding is so powerful. It's all wise. Sometimes it could be overwhelming. So God created what he called uh, uh, pastors and teachers to stand in the gap. So standing in the gap to, uh, to, to operate in hermeneutics, and that's uh, uh, the interpretation of the Bible, Right? So you can understand it, to break it down, to break it down, to break it down. Similar to power where it originates from, if it came, if you plugged it right into your house, it'll blow your house up. So you got these power plants, and then you got these transformers, and you got these lines, and then it travels through the lines and through poles, and then you have an you have a, a electrical box outside your house, but then you have a circuit breaker within your house. So it's broken down, the power's broken down, broken down, broken down, broken down. When it gets to your house, you can plug it in and turn on your radio. But if you, if, but if, but if you don't experience all that breakdown and you get it too direct, it'll blow you away. Same thing with God. If it came directly to some of us, it'll blow us away. So he gives us confirmation through men and women of God to break it down, break it down, break it down, where we can properly understand it. Right? So that's why he gave us teachers, right? To break it down for our understanding. Then, after he did that foundation, then those who can work miracles or operate because they're in a certain atmosphere, those with the gift of healings, the helpers, the administrators, all these are gifts, and speakers in various kinds of unknown tongues. All this is in the gifts. And then it breaks down, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? It's a, it's a rhetorical question. No. But earnestly desire and strive for the greater gifts if requiring them is going to be your goal. And yet I will show you still a more excellent way, one of the choicest graces and the highest of them all, unselfish love. So what it's saying is, you, all these gifts are going to start to operate as God is trying to establish what he's doing. When God planted heirs, he's going to send all these gifts because that's how you, that's how you go, you move. You know, that's why we have a fast week. So, so prophetically, God can speak through different vessels and move, right? He's going to have the working of miracles. He's going to have all these different things so you can keep moving. Basically, it's all different pieces to the perfect will of God. That's all it is. But if people uh, start tainting themselves and intoxicating themselves and, 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 and uh, 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 clouding the gift, they're going to be communicating things because they are gifted, but it's going to be skewed. And they can interrupt what God is growing in God's building, right? That's what's dangerous. So I watched the movie. I don't remember the name of it. The young lady's name was Billy. Uh, it was an old, old, old movie, and she was a track star. And, man, nobody, guys, no one could beat her. And, but when she would come up, she would come up to the, and, she, and inside she had a rhythm. She, you could hear the rhythm. You know, they were showing her, like, in her inner voice, uh, being in rhythm, right? And when they shot that gun, bam, she was gone. She won every time. She could just hear clearly. She could see herself winning every time. So, so uh, it was a part, part in the movie where she meets a guy. And she meets a guy, so she gets involved in a relationship in some compromised situation. She goes out to run. She can't hear that rhythm. She can't see herself winning. There's another movie I saw years ago, too. Uh, this little dude, he's, he's got to be like 30 now, but he was a little kid. Uh, they started a TV show called 
sidekicks. It was a little karate kid, you know, he was, he was a little karate kid. But uh, it's, it's, it, it was a spinoff of a movie where he was like a little karate. I mean, he's beating up adults, man. This kid's about this high, you know. And, and he, would, he, would, he would hear rhythm. You know, and he, 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 he would move. So somebody offered him a drink or something. He said, well, he said, I can't do that because I, I won't be able to hear the, the rhythm and the sound. It, it, it'll cut off my sound. It'll cut off my, my, my flow. See, this is what happened. Like some of the things, says all things are lawful but not expedient. They ain't best. They ain't best for the perfect will of God. And you may feel good today at the expense of the perfect will of God tomorrow. And then you'll be searching and depressed and, you know, I, I, got, I need a drink. Yeah, you, you think you need a drink. But see, well, no, no, you do need a drink. You need a drink of the Spirit. So, 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 so last scripture, last scripture. Uh, oh, this is actually the next scripture that I have here. So Ephesians 5.18. Ephesians 5.18. And we'll end there, and then we'll talk about a little bit of the unseen realm and speaking, how we are speaking spirits next week, unless the Holy Spirit changes it. All right, so uh, Ephesians 5, verse 18. Right, it says, <laughs> oh my God, you can't make this stuff up. Let's read verse 17. Now, that's later on in my notes, but I didn't realize they were, they were together. Verse 17, it says, Wherefore, be not, un, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, what the perfect will of God is, right? And the next verse says, and be not drunk with wine. These verses are connected. They're not separated. It says, be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. So a saying is you want to understand the will, what the will of the Lord is, you have to be filled with the Spirit. Or we said this in two chapters over, be filled with the fullness of God. Verse 19 says, speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. Remember we talked about that guy with the rhythm, right? All right, so, so, so again, this is saying be filled with the Spirit. See, this new reality of God's perfect will is, is what we should be consumed with, Right? It's the purpose of the gifts. It's what we should be drunk on. It's our new wine. Right? And again, so, so before I talk about speaking spirits, I got to break down the whole point of the new wine, which we'll talk about next week. You know, um, you know just the, the, the shemen, similar word to semen, um, the, uh, the, uh, the anointing oil. The new wine, the anointing oil. But see, uh, and they had the scripture of the Isaiah, we'll talk about it next week, where God's doing a new thing, but he needs us to see what he's doing. He needs us to see his perfect. It's, it's only a new thing to us, but it was something he declared, spoke out, that was not supposed to return to him void before the foundations of the world, Isaiah 46.10. And so it, it's a new thing in this time, but not a new thing in the, in the heaven realm or in the unseen realm. It's a new thing in the scene realm, right? And he needs us to tap into these things, but we have to be consumed or uh, don't get drunk with wine, get drunk in the spirit. So when you say you need a drink, when you're feeling funky, depressed, just drink of the spirit. Eat that word, right? Right? And then you'll find yourself tapping, pray in the spirit, right? The scripture says uh, pray without ceasing, right? You know, it talks about, when it says, talks about, and then when it talks about prayer, it says pray with all prayer, praying in the spirit, right? Amen. And you'll, you'll start to stir up the gifts and you'll start to see uh, dreams and visions and insight to what God has planned for you, Amen. right? Yes. And so we can't get tempted uh, and be offered a bribe, right, to be pulled out of the perfect will of God. Right? And then it's, see, see, again, you know how you, you, you're, uh, so you could be hanging out with somebody and your parents go, that person ain't good for you. And you go, but they're a nice person. You are correct. They're a nice person. But when they say they're not good for you, God downloaded something into them. 
They're discerning something. They're saying, this person is going to mess up the perfect will of God for you. Sometimes they don't even know it, but they've been, why were you birthed from that parent? You could have been birthed from any parent in the world. Why that household? So they're, they're, they're designed, just like when you were young, you, some of these parents will tell you you were young, they knew when you were hungry. They knew what you needed. Like without no script. Like you come to the person's house and be like, man, your baby's crying. Oh, no, they're just hungry. How do you know? Did they tell you? They, don't, they can't even talk. <laughs> oh, no, no, they just need their diaper changed. See, we operate on these knowings all the time, but now when we get older and somebody can push back, we think it's different. No, it's the same thing. We've been equipped with gifts to steward and to guide that child in the way they should go. Right? And, we're, and, and so we can't cheat offering them. They, don't ha- they have a choice. See, the only difference between old and young, when they're young, they ain't got no choice. When they're old, they can accept or reject, just like you do to God. But you're still supposed to keep offering. You're supposed to keep pouring it out. See, as a spiritual father, as a pastor, spiritual parents, we just keep pouring it out. You can make every choice you want to do, but I'm going to just keep on pouring it out. I don't care. If you come around me, I'm pouring it out. And sometimes you'll be like, okay, what does this got to do with our conversation? You'll find out before that week's over because I'm just going to pour it out. I'm just yielding to God. I don't have no script. Do I, Joe? <laughs> I don't have no script. Just pouring it out. Right? And, and, and I, I get pushback. I get questions. People do opposite of what you told them to do, like Benicia was talking about on Wednesday. They do opposite of what you told you to do. And that ain't got nothing to do with that. That's between them and God. I'm going to make sure me and God is fine. What God tells me I'm pouring out. Yeah. I knew it was 4th of July last week. I ain't teach on Independence Day. I taught on the gifts. You know why? Because that's what God said to pour out. <laughs> right? 